Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What's Your 9 to 5. My name's Chris Hookstra. And I'm Brooklyn Dursum. And on the show today, we have Bryce Jekyll, who was just finishing up school to become an architect. How you doing, Bryce? I'm not too bad. How about you guys? We're doing good. So uh, first off, um, tell us about the decision to go to school for architecture and how you decided to go for that. I, uh, it was a little bit weird, to be honest. I, I didn't know very early on that I wanted. It actually took me until about my victory lap of high school to figure that out. Um, oh, wow. I thought I was going to go for engineering uh, since I started high school. And then I tried to land myself a co-op with an engineering firm for my victory lap and the engineer said you might like architecture better talk to this guy and i called an architect who was nice enough to have me work for him for a few months and uh, i liked it ever since that's nice that's awesome yeah and (laughs) so where exactly and like what is your program called that you're taking right now uh well i just finished but i just finished my master's of architectural studies at laurentian university Awesome. Yeah. So now I'm in the midst of my internship right now. So the to be to come licensed as an architect, once you finished your like six years of school, you have to enroll and work under a licensed architect with Ontario. And mm. then after I accumulate roughly two years worth of hours, so it's like 3,700 hours, uh, I can write my exam, which they hold twice a year. Uh, and if I pass, I can get my architectural license to practice. Oh, wow. It's a lot of steps, but you're on yeah. the right path then. Go in. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a little while longer than I thought it would have when I started, but I yeah. still don't regret it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's good. So are you looking to like maybe get a job around here in Gray Bruce or would you go somewhere else for work? I am a little torn. I'm working in Guelph right now, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. And but mainly because it's hard for an architect to make a living in Grey Bruce. I found yeah. the person I worked for in high school was based out of Own Sound. And a lot of his bread and butter was kind of the uh, like apartment sized buildings, the odd community center, some cottages for people near Tobermory on the water and stuff in Grey Bruce because um, for simple house design like anything under i think it's five thousand square feet you don't need an architecture for like an architect to sign off on a technologist mm. or a designer can oh. uh so it's hard to justify the amount of like insurance and upkeep and things that you need as an architect in a small town but there's a lot you can do with an architect degree like if i wanted to try and diversify or uh, stay in the community with local builders and stuff like that. They could be like partnership opportunities because I would like to come back to Gray Bruce. At yeah, some for point. sure. Okay. So mm-hmm. no, I just heard you mention that some buildings like need architect architecture to, architect yeah. to come in and like check it over. What exactly are you doing as an architect? Like, what is your like? What is is the angle? What's the main like job? The the role. Uh, it's weird because like I best probably define it as like a babysitter for builders. Um, you're kind <laughs> of in charge of 
uh, you, you meet with clients. So you're the person who goes between the client and all the people who are going to execute what the client does. Uh, but you also have a role as like a legal liability to make sure they get what they want. So you uh, figure out what the client wants or if it's a city or there's some kind of uh, proposal, what needs to be done, then you create a series of documents that are called contract documents. So there's written and visual. So like the drawings that we make are technically legal documents. Um, so we make everything to the clients, uh, like until they give us the go ahead. And then we have a series of consultants, depending on the size of the project, we may need certain engineers, uh, plumbers, tradesmen, all of those people to sign off that says that nothing we've drawn is going to fail. And then it's depending on the type of project, our job then to find uh, contractors to execute what we've designed properly and under the uh, scope of the law and what we're allowed to do under the building code. Uh, so we're kind of in charge of whatever the client needs from the moment they contact us until about what's called 5% occupancy. So after they've uh, used the thing we've built for them for um, I think I think it's like six months. Uh, we're still responsible for anything that go, goes wrong in the building. It's like a, uh, having a warranty on what we do. Mm, okay, cool. Cool. So it's pretty extensive, but uh, yeah. it's it's interesting and it's it's weird. It's a lot more uh, responsibility than I realized it was when I started. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it's, yeah, it sounds a lot like like it sounds like a lot of respon. Like I didn't realize how much of a responsibility that like that job would be. Man, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, much? if it falls down, it's a big deal, right? Like yeah. stuff you've got to yeah. be, you can't build a library and then crush everybody. Yeah, no, you definitely can't do that. How detailed are these drawings that you have to make? Like, um, well, very, uh, I would say like you, you basically have to design to the point of like what type color and, uh, brand of paint you'd be putting on the trim of stuff like the, the specifications are very exclusive. So the drawings are very meticulous, but the written document is probably the most extensive. Okay. It's usually like a 200 page document that just has oh, wow. everything down to the last screw that types needs to be used. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think people realize how many little, little tiny, tiny steps there probably is in making a house and drawing all the plans up. That's gotta be a, a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot of well, and stuff comes from out of nowhere too. Where you're like, all of a sudden, there's something that wasn't coordinated properly, or a renovation uh, to something that already exists. We have to figure out how to fix problems that were there for 20 years. Oh wow! So, what are what are maybe some misconceptions about architecture that people have that they just don't realize? I think probably that last thing we talked about is the big one is like it's a lot yeah. more complex than people thought, and everyone thinks you're rich and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. It's like, oh, a big fancy architect, but it's not really true. <laughs> oh, man. So earlier as well, I know you mentioned that there's there was like a technologist and then you said another type. Are there different, uh, like a way to specialize in architecture as in you're like specialized in certain types of buildings and stuff? Kind of, I would say. I don't, I like there's maybe in states or other areas where uh, the types of architecture can vary 
a lot more dramatically. There might be more of a spectrum, but you kind of, at least from what I've seen in Ontario, you find a niche and you kind of get really good at a certain type and then people per like come to you more exclusively for the thing you're good at. It's yeah. uh, not so much like you could take an extra year of school to specialize in something. Um, the master's program in most architecture schools like mine included, uh, you spend a year writing a thesis. So you've kind of picked something to be interested in, uh, but it, it doesn't give you a specialized degree or a specialized license of any kind, the way like a structural engineer would, like they could specialize in bridges or airports or things like that. We kind of are allowed to design anything, but like as you progress in the profession, you, you like naturally come into things that you're better or worse at. Yeah. So, like, what have you found that, like, you like to maybe work on the most? Like, is there, like, a specialization that you like to, you know, like, work with? Uh, kind of. I, I really like houses. Like, I think the I, – I like the, the intimacy. I like the idea of working with individuals. Uh, but housing on, like, any scale, though, I don't mind doing apartments and um, townhouses, things like that either. Um, but I, I – I think that was what I thought the job was almost totally going to be when I got into it. And I really like that aspect yeah. of it. Nice. Um, so yeah, residential, I guess would be what I would like to specialize in as opposed to like stores or arenas or things like that. Yeah. So what do you love most about the job overall? Like what's the one thing that comes to your mind that like you just absolutely love? I'd Probably just like the people I meet. I meet a lot of interesting people in a variety of trades. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, the thing about, like I said, not necessarily specializing, you're kind of forced to always be learning something. Because if you have to design like a brewery, you have to understand how beer is made, right? Like yeah. you, every every new building you come into, uh, you have to become like a mild expert in the processes that are involved in why that building's being built. I, I think my favorite part about the job is that I'm always learning something uh, yeah. about something I maybe wouldn't have otherwise thought of learning about. Mm, interesting. How much has uh, COVID-19 changed your like schooling? Because I assume you were still there last year, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was actually, it was just a, a pain in the word I can't say on here. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it, yeah. uh, because it was around March, I had about two months worth of my thesis left to do and like anyone who likes having their dessert after their vegetables i tried to save like the fun parts for last which were the building parts of my thesis so i had a number of full-size models and details of stuff i had been developing i was going to build i had uh, two installations i was going to build and i had a model of my design to build and the day I walked into the wood shop at the university, they told everyone to go home because COVID was shutting the school down. So I didn't get to do any of the fun parts of my thesis. No. Um, oh, that's horrible. So that sucked. Freaking COVID, man. You had to leave it there? You weren't allowed to take it with you? No, I, I, I could take materials, but they basically said, you've got till the end of the day to clear stuff out and we'll alert you to when you're allowed to come back in. And then we were never allowed to come back in. Um, what was it made out of? Uh, I had the a design for a porch swing that was made out of reclaimed cedar I got from when I was building houses and we tore down a house uh, a deck to build a new one. I had salvaged a bunch of the wood. Uh, I was going to use that to build a porch swing because my 
thesis had to do with housing in small towns and how uh, subdivision developments tend to ruin the character of small towns. So I was coming up mm -hmm. with a modular system of housing that would allow for uh, small towns to grow without having to grow into suburbs. Um, yeah, that's so cool. I had a bunch of full size details that you could make out of like regular dimensional lumber you could get at the hardware store. Yeah. That I was trying to develop. I made a bunch of uh, aluminum hangers and gussets and connection details that I got to test two or three of, but uh, I didn't get to test all of them. Uh, yeah. And then I just had like a full size, like, or a, I guess a scaled wood model of the site I was going to put these on. Uh, that I didn't really get to finish. I got the site done, but I didn't get any of the little buildings done. That's too. That's such a cool project though to work on. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Because you see all the subdivisions going up in Durham, and like it, it is true. Like it, it kind of they start looking so much like the cookie cutter houses you see in a lot of subdivisions in cities. And yeah, that's a really cool project. Yeah. So, um, what advice would you have for any youth wanting to go in to become an architect? Uh, my advice would be don't take too seriously the criticisms you get as a designer when you're in school. Mm -hmm. uh, like obviously the constructive aspect, like if, if people around you are, are showing you technical things that are helpful, they're good. But ultimately you are in a design field where you're being taught and criticized by other designers who have their own opinions. Uh, mm -hmm. So don't take too personally any of the design differences you have with other people it doesn't mean you're a bad designer it means you're you have a different taste than other people okay cool would you say you have to be very artistically inclined to be an architect um yes and no i would think i think you need to be either creative or at least meticulous to do a good job at it uh but uh, a standard like a uh, visual arts background I don't think is 100% necessary so much stuff is done on the computer now um, you don't necessarily need to be an excellent painter or hand drawer or uh, or even fabricator but like the ability to kind of consider ideas I think is more important than uh, just being able to say draw or paint or yeah. uh, do stuff like that a lot of it you learn as you go to you start to learn uh, the more important elements. Yeah. I like that. That's super cool. So um, we asked this question, everybody comes on the show, Bryce, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time and talk to your 16 year old self, what would you say? Um, I don't know. Stop picking your nose. I don't know. <laughs> Something uh, with regards to my career, I would probably say uh, just keep doing what you're doing. I, I kind of stumbled into this program by sticking with like, the arts and sciences that I already really liked um, and that I was lucky enough to have taken through at high school because they became prerequisites when I went to university, like the art and stuff that everyone said, oh, if you're not going to be an artist, why would you take it? But I enjoyed it, ended up being really crucial to me having a portfolio to uh, present to, to get into any of these universities. So I would probably just tell them to keep doing it. Yeah, and don't that's, drive as don't drive your car too fast. <laughs> that's a tough one to do. It's, it's yeah. hard not to drive that fast. In high school, it's a rough one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. We talked about some things that you like. What are some things that are like more challenging with in regards to being an architect? I know you're not all the way there yet, but yeah. in the future. <laughs> well, so far the 
the building code and all of its specificity is, is probably the biggest hurdle uh, all the time because there's uh, sort of tiers of it. So we have the national building code, which is all of Canada. So it's like a, it's like law. Um, so it gets more specific and more um, uh, powerful, I guess, as you get lower and lower. So there's the national building code, which has a bunch of like benchmarks that if nothing is stipulated in a provincial or municipal code, you have to do. Uh, but there's always things for like Ontario as a province and then each municipality has their own and then each city or town even has their own little bylaws about building. So just trying to navigate the waters of all the things you can and can't do uh, is is probably the biggest challenge and just like making sure you'd, you're doing it the right thing all the time is uh, is really difficult. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I, I can't imagine myself doing a job like that because I'm so bad, especially with small details and like making sure they're all online. Like, I'd be, it'd be, uh, yeah, for me, sounds like a, like a very stressful situation. It's got to be pretty st- stressful at some points. At times, yeah, especially with big ones, uh, or, or like when a, a city contracts you to do something, and uh, uh, it, yeah, it, it can be at least for me, it's still something that kind of makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I'm glad I have people to help me through it as an intern. Uh, yeah. Because I would be like fairly lost if I had to totally guide myself. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, I do have one. I have a question here. Um, when this is kind of a kind of interesting question. Do is your program like architecture? Are there a lot of people in it and like people graduating from it? Uh, actually, no. Uh, in all of Canada, there's only 10 architecture schools, and uh, they only graduate uh, from the bachelor's. I think the, an average of 60 students per school graduates, and with the master's, I think it's closer to 40. So about 400 potential architects could graduate every year um, oh, wow. out of all of Canada. Uh, and a lot of schools like in Waterloo and Carleton, there's a very large base of international students. Uh, I know if like Waterloo tends to at this point take about 60% international. Um, and so the number of Canadian architects is very small at the moment. Wow. Wow. So any youth out there listening up, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a big pathway. demand and those houses aren't getting any cheaper. So <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. Jeez. Um, Okay, that's all the questions we got uh, We got for you, Bryce. Um, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Is there any, like, promos, plugs, or anything you want to say, let the listeners know about? Hi, Mom. No. <laughs> I, uh, no, I was, I was kind of curious what you guys have been up to. What is it like having uh, a podcast? Like, how often do you guys do this? Man, we uh, so we've been doing this since October, and... So I've started working for Launchpad since September and we yeah, they specifically hired me to do this podcast and then we had Brooklyn. She came in as a co-op student from JD and then we've been putting out one episode a week for like, how, yeah, since October pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, a, it's been pretty fun, man. It's been like, I got like, it's one of the best jobs in the world. I can't, definitely can't complain. I get to talk to really interesting people in the area. So no, it's really, really, really cool. Oh, that's Best sweet. kind of Zoom meetings are these types of ones. <laughs> yeah, yes. really, they're a lot more fun than the the work ones usually. Well, oh like goodness. I guess it is your guys' work, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's different than a briefing. Yeah, yeah. it is, and, it, and it's not. Yeah. 
no no that's awesome i was, I was yeah. glad to hear from you guys and yeah when shifty reached out to me i was like yeah that sounds like a great time yeah well th- we really appreciate you coming on man thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to come on and, and chat about what you're going to be doing with uh your career man it's it's really cool architecture is like really interesting so yeah yeah well we'll see where it takes me but for now i i still got some plugging away to do before i can even call myself an architect <laughs> don't we all we all we all got a bit of plugging away to do in our lives so <laughs> Keep on plugging away, people. <laughs> yeah, everyone keep plugging. There we go. Okay, but thanks again, Bryce. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully maybe in the future sometime we can have you back on and we can, you know, talk about, you know, what it's like. Like, you can update us about what, like, being an architect is like, you know, when you're on the job and stuff. So, uh, but no, but thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. I'll uh, be glad to hear from you guys. Yeah, you too. Bryce Jacob, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>